0: This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. And episode 75 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, I really hope most of my crypto traders out there were not harmed by any of the things that happened this week with FTX. Uh, but if you were, and you need a place to go, please consider Bybit. It is not centralized, and right now they just happen to have a ton of promotions. We had a promotion going on last week, that is still happening, but then they added on like five or six more. It's nuts. like broad ones and specific ones too, like if you're a derivatives trader, if you're an options trader, if you're a new trader, if you're an existing trader, all of it. So click the link down below that takes you to the blog post that goes over all of this, and then all of those promotions and future promotions will apply to you as long as you sign up through my affiliate link. Membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and uh, on Twitter on Monday, I said that this episode was going to be a Bitcoin-focused episode, and I was really looking forward to bringing you that, but then things kind of happened this week, and as has been the case before, we have to pivot. So hopefully we'll get that Bitcoin episode out to you next week, uh, but we need to stay fluid and talk about the things that matter right now. So for historical reference, because I know some of you will not be listening to this the day it releases. It might be weeks later. It might be months later. It might be a year or two later. I don't know. So let me tell you where we're at right now. In stocks, we finally had a CPI print that showed inflation going the other way, uh, at least for right now. Uh, The whole financial world is acting like inflation is now over. And the market went absolutely nuts. I think uh, in this decade, there have only been three better updates than what we experienced this past week. And all three of those were during the 2020 recovery. Uh, Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that on this podcast episode. I did write a blog about it, which is last Thursday's blog, talking about a melt-up. Uh, which is a concept we all need to be aware of, so please go check that out after you are finished with this episode. Uh, but the CPI print was certainly not the biggest story of the week, oh no. The largest crypto exchange in the United States, and one of the largest in the world, is now no longer. And that is FTX.com and all of its affiliates, FTX US. I think, F- I think the Australian version of FTX so far, Is the only one that has yet to fall. Uh, But if I was a part of that, I would not be very confident. And things fell fast, like in record time. So uh, now FTX has the FTT token, which is something that was on our watch list here on the 10 Minute Contrarian podcast. I even wrote a pretty nice blog about Sam Bankman Fried saying, hey, look, you know, the people who make it to the top in this business, especially when you talk about exchanges and things like that, you have to have a real degree of ruthlessness to get there. You know, this is not a business for nice guys. And so I liked a lot of the things he was doing, the power moves he was making, the political contributions. I thought that was all needed. I thought that was all necessary. And I still think it is to a degree. No, but I nor most people knew what was lurking behind the shadows. No, but there were a few people who did. And one of those was somebody who I've mentioned in the past. Who And I got, I got a bit of ridicule for it, but uh, that's going to be BitBoy. You know, I like BitBoy's podcast now. You know, I didn't like much of his programming back in the day, but I do like it now. And he was bringing a lot of these things to the forefront. And he even said, hey, I got a lot more that I will reveal in due time. Uh, now, because of who he is and how he has portrayed himself in the past... A lot of people didn't really believe him. Uh, but they were concerned about one particular thing he brought up, and that was Sam Bankman Fried, I'll refer to him as SBF from this point on, uh, was lobbying for his own bit license. Now, if this were to be successful, it would make DeFi and the majority of DeFi tokens in the United States illegal to use and obtain. And SBF was doing all of this right under our noses. So once this became more common knowledge, uh, SBF decided to defend himself on the Bankless podcast, which is another podcast I like to listen to sometimes. And he went on to debate a Bitcoin maximalist named Eric Voorhees. Now, if you're a blog reader, you already know what happened and you already know how this altered our stance on the FTT token. If you don't read the blog, then you probably had no idea. You probably thought that was still on the watch list. No, we took it off about a week before all this went down. Um, but I suggest you go read that blog. It's called The People vs. Sam Bankman Freed. And in that blog, you will see the very debate I'm talking about where he debated Eric Voorhees and got absolutely murdered. Like, a guy like that who was generally a pretty good speaker for the most part just could not put together thoughts towards the end. And pretty much all but admitted that all of these things he was lobbying for and trying to obtain was done in a very sloppy, poorly thought-out manner. Uh, But this is not a guy who does things in a very poorly, sloppily thought-out manner. So it was pretty obvious that he was trying to do some dirty shit at the expense of everybody else and got caught. So score one for the good guys. Uh, But this was not even where things got crazy. Enter CZ from Binance, mentioning on Twitter how he felt like FTX.com was virtually insolvent and he has a bunch of FTT tokens and he wants to sell them all off. Now, this was recognized right away as a huge power move between two top rivals. Uh, But what it did is, for once, really shined a light on FTX's financials. And CZ was not wrong. And people started to find out really quick. Now, so many people were heavily invested in FTX.com that they didn't really want to believe any of this. You know, you always have that denial stage that happens. So while the FTT token was going down, it wasn't completely crashing just yet. Until the tweet came out from CZ that there was a letter of intent to purchase FTX.com and save them from complete insolvency, to which SBF confirmed. And this is officially when the floodgates opened. You know, the largest exchange in the United States is crashing now, along with the rest of the market. And that not even 24 hours later, it turns out that CZ is no longer going to buy FTX.com after it had already been completely exposed and completely ruined, says, oh, sorry, it's just not, it just wouldn't be prudent to buy a company like that with all that terrible liability on its books, which I kind of knew was going to happen. Like, this shit is straight out of, like, an episode of Billions. You know, it's like, destroy your rival's reputation, come in like a white knight to purchase it and save it, and then after you've already completely destroyed it, say, nah, you know what, bad idea. Pretty brilliant actually. But at this point, SBF was scrambling, trying to go on Twitter and do as much damage control as he could, saying the funds were actually fine. And then we find out the next day that they weren't. Then he said FTX.US was fine. We found out the next day that it wasn't. Uh, Meanwhile, everything is burning to the ground everywhere. And now as of last night, I want to do this episode Friday night because I didn't go out. But uh, I had to wait, because so um, Twitter was just going bananas. So now, uh, I don't know how much of this is true, but it uh, turns out that the FTX app was getting hacked. So everybody's saying nobody use it. And all the money in it was getting drained. And coincidentally, at the same time, there were rumors that there are unmarked private jet flights coming out of the Bahamas, where SBF lived. And now he is on the lam. <laughs> just when you think things could not get any more crazy. And this all happened within a span of a week. Again, we don't know how much truth there is to that last part, but if it's anything like the parts before that, it would surprise absolutely nobody. Oh, and let's not forget, all the companies and tokens that FTX had on their books, You know, they were the ones who bought out and tried to save companies like Voyager and BlockFi and Celsius, I believe, And they were the ones that pretty much funded the entire Solana blockchain, which we will talk about a little bit towards the end of this episode. Uh, But it might just be RIP for everything this company touched. Now, before we move forward here, I want to take a little bit of a break to mention one thing. Now, there are a lot of famous YouTubers, podcasters, influencers out there. Um, who recommended things like Voyager, like BlockFi. There's some heavy hitters, guys like Crypto Lark and Anthony Pompliano, big into BlockFi. And right now, you currently cannot get your funds off of it, so it's it's a big problem. Uh, Now, even though I am not a fraction of what those people are in terms of views and clout, please understand that most of us do a very high degree of due diligence before we put our names on something. And I feel so fortunate that none of this has happened to me yet. I don't know how much of it is luck. You know, I'm very careful with who I stand behind. You know, I stand behind a few different Forex trading platforms, but Forex trading platforms are regulated to the tits. Like, when's the last time uh, a Forex trading platform just got up and absconded with everybody's money? You know, if there was a time in the last five years it was a very small platform and almost nobody remembers it. Uh, but these crypto exchanges are a whole different animal. And these companies are that way too because you just never know who they're in bed with. And I would be devastated if anything happened to Bybit. But what I want to tell all of you is if there is smoke, there may be fire. So in the future, if you ever suspect anything squirrely going on with the exchange that you use, you know we know that where there is smoke, there is often fire. So if you see some smoke, take your funds off of that exchange and just sit back and wait a little while see what happens was it real or was it not you know we are still in the very early days of all of this so protect yourselves out there and understand as influencers we are doing the best we possibly can and we are very happy that you love the products we endorse Uh, but protect yourself at all times understand that your decisions are your own and that anything can happen in this market you know, my heart goes out to a lot of these influencers, man. After being on this side of the tracks, you know, a few of them are getting a lot of shit from people that I just don't think they fully deserve. You know, I've never endorsed Block 5, but I've said some nice things about it. You know, I liked what it did. Uh, but you just never know what can happen in this space. Okay, moving on. So going forward, now we have to deal with the contagion effects if we haven't already seen that. You know, it was funny, on Discord, everybody thought this was just an overreaction. They were trying to call bottoms, and I'm like, no, don't do that we have not even seen the very early stages of what's going on uh, with ftx and with the market as a whole you know we're just now finding out who else was affected and then when prices go lower at what point do other people and other companies get liquidated they might have been fine when bitcoin was at 20k but if it drops down to 15 is that another story You know, I don't quite know where Michael Saylor is with all this, but as soon as he gets liquidated, expect another big, big drop in the market. You know, we just don't know these things yet because we haven't been into this territory for a while. You know, last time we were in this territory, we were on our way up, not down. And as always, even when markets have been dropping for a long time, there's still so many leveraged idiots out there. And that's always going to be the case in this market. So you can expect the falls to be that much more precipitous. So hang on to your hats, and understand I will try to keep you as informed as I possibly can, but sometimes that comes by the way of Twitter, sometimes that comes by the way of the blog, you know, because those things can be more immediate. You know I can't always do it here, so don't rely on this alone. Um, but I think it is time to get into the solutions portion of the podcast, and let me continue to remind everybody that pretty much for most of this year... Uh, My stance has not changed. I am extremely bearish on everything when it comes to overall economies, whether that is the S&P 500 or whether that is the crypto market. I remain bearish and I've been preaching the entire time to stay in as much cash as you can possibly stay in. This was and continues to be a tremendous strategy, no? You know, it's tough when you run an investing podcast to tell people to sit back and do nothing, but it has been the best move. And if you have done that, you are in a very good position. Uh, Because everything you may want to buy has gotten substantially cheaper. Which means when you do buy, you get to have a lot more of it. This is what rich people do. They wait till everybody is completely wrecked, and then they swoop in like vultures and pick up all the good assets on the cheap. Now, we do not know when that bottom is going to be. And I am an arrogant man, but not so arrogant to where I understand that I could be totally wrong at any point in time. And the worst thing that could ever happen to me is to sit through this entire bear market and end up with nothing, and then the reversal finally does happen and takes off without me. You know, I'm not going to allow that to occur. And if that means I buy things at higher prices than I want, then so be it. And we have talked about how to do this numerous times on the show. In particular, two episodes ago, I think, where we talked about the trailing buy. You know, I had a number of things hit my trailing buy in the past couple weeks, and I took some small positions out on those things. You know, things like Polygon, things like replenishing some of the ETH that I spent on Alluvium, stuff like that. Uh, BNB token was one of those things. And then once I found out that Binance's main competition was being completely erased, I went and put another position down. So even though they were small, so right now I have about a half of a normal position on Binance if you combine those two on the BNB token. And I got in right about like 320, 325, something like that. And let me see where it is right now. Uh, And we're sitting at about 285. Uh, But I regret that move none. You know, these are all for, you know, three, five years down the road. And I know Binance has its flaws too. I will be watching that whole story closely as we progress. But I wanted to make sure I had a position in the largest exchange in the world by far now. I feel like that's a very good thing to have. And I will continue to look to add on more as price drops further. So speaking of that, what I am doing is waiting for this whole contagion thing to wash out a bit. Uh, Because price-wise it might be over, but I don't think it is. So once that whole news cycle runs its course, I will be putting trailing buys back on. The things I want to buy. You know, there's still a few watch list tokens that I haven't bought any of yet. Uh, and then other ones that I want to add on to. A couple of those were really heavy on FTX's books, uh, like Matic, like IMX. So I kind of want to sit back and see what happens there first. Uh, but there will come a time where I resume uh, the whole trailing buy strategy and continue to put down small positions uh, when the situation calls for it. And I will do it without regret. You know, if you told me that there was an asset that you really liked, that had a bright future, and you were able to buy it at, at a 75% discount, I would say, job well done, sir, or madam. If you're a girl, I wouldn't call you madam, but yeah, you get it. Job well done. Most people buy at the top and sell at the bottom. Remember that. You know, we're very different here. Now, if that 75% discount went all the way to a 95% discount, then okay, buy more. That's fine. But if you told me that there was this asset that you really liked, and it, all, it was all of a sudden at a 75% discount, but you did nothing because you thought it was going to go further, and then you missed out, uh, then I would not be saying, good job, sir, or senorita. I would be calling you an idiot for being petty and cheap. And pretending like you could time the market. You know, a lot of what we're doing here is a lot like. uh, So, traders, you know what the COT report is. It was mainly made for farmers because they had to understand price better than anybody. They had to buy things on the way down and sell things on the way up. And that's exactly what you see on the COT report. The smart money is buying things little by little on the way down and then sells them little by little. On the way up. This is why they're the smart money. This is why they're extremely rich, because they just keep doing this process over and over again, to where you can see on that very same report, the dumb money doing the exact opposite. You know, you don't see a ton of activity going on at the absolute bottom. It's all buying on the way down in little increments and selling on the way up in small increments. That's all we're doing here. You know, so on the surface, when I bought these things, it may look like I didn't really get the best prices. I could have gotten a lot better if I just waited, Uh, but I just think that's a very short sighted approach, you know, a dumb approach, frankly. You know, I added a few small positions to my overall portfolio right before a big drop and I have no regrets about it. I'm still like 75% in cash and that's a good feeling. You know, all of my stocks are going crazy to the upside right now, but I don't feel great about that. You have to read the blog to see why. Uh, But that is personally where I am at during all this craziness. I hope you are doing well and making smart moves in this process, too. One of the smartest things you can really do at this point, and I guess we need to touch on it now, is just making sure your assets are protected especially on the crypto side and just to be as safe as possible now you see people all the time saying not your keys not your crypto you know never keep your money on the exchanges and then something like this happens and you realize just how many people had their money on these exchanges now again like i said before if you're trading you pretty much have to have it on there so take extra caution there Uh, but these exchanges are such wild cards like i don't think finance is really structured that great either so i'm keeping a very close eye on that. Uh, it was just announced yesterday, you know crypto.com had to release, you know, what it, most of its holdings, you know, all of, all of its holdings percentage-wise. And you know what 20% of crypto.com's token holdings are? Shiba fucking Inu. Why? You know, it's <laughs> these people who we just we look up to as these pioneers of the next great economy do really dumb shit sometimes <laughs> and you know uh, the cro token is in my portfolio but not because i buy it i just earn it by using the credit card so it's just kind of there it's not on the exchange i have it on the the crypto.com DeFi app and if crypto.com goes under i'm not going to lose a whole lot i'll just have to stop using the credit card which will suck but hey i barely have anything on any exchanges i just maybe have a little bit of eth or a little bit of b and b just to facilitate transactions. Uh, but that's it. You know, all of my crypto is sitting in hot wallets. I realize I probably do need to get a cold wallet just for diversification. You know, all the maxis pound the table on that. They're like, "Don't, you know, if you put your money in these wallets, you're still leaving them with companies, you know. Leave them with yourself." And I totally get the logic behind that. But let me say one thing about hot wallets. If you put hot wallets and cold storage head to head, which one of those two do you think has been responsible for the loss of more crypto in the last five years? It ain't hot wallets. Yeah, there's been a few hacks here and there with some of the smaller wallets, but in a lot of those cases, those funds were returned. Now compare that to how much crypto has been lost by cold storage wallets being lost or damaged or stolen or people couldn't remember their seed phrases. You know, if if I don't have my seed phrase or if I lose it on a hot wallet, I still probably have the password or I know the password and I can just go in there and move all that crypto to somewhere else. You know, so say what you want about hot wallets, but if we run the numbers, a lot more crypto has been lost in cold storage than it has been in hot wallets. So maybe having both is a good idea. You know, this is something I am heavily considering myself. But the main thing to do, and we say it all the time, is to spread yourself out. You know, when things like this happen, we always see these stories of people who have way too much leverage into these companies. You know, Tom Brady was one. You're like, well, t- doesn't Tom Brady have a finance guy? He does. It was probably his idea. You know, Mike Novogratz got double whammied, you know, with, uh, with this and with Terra Luna. You know, if that guy is still a billionaire after all this something's not right. Uh, but if for some reason my trailing buy did get tripped with the FTT token weeks ago and I bought some and I didn't have the presence of mind to sell in time and it went down to zero, I wouldn't be stoked about it. But I would be okay because I have a bunch of other positions along with precious metals, along with stocks, and along with a heavy percentage of cash. So I would be fine. There's no reason one thing, one company should be taking any of you down like this. Spread yourself out. If you have $200 to your name, you know, with all the no commission brokerage fees out there and with crypto fees being as cheap as they are sometimes, you you should be able to get a good 10, 12 positions out of that. You know, you're probably not going to want to, but that doesn't mean leveraging into one position and one position alone becomes the right answer all of a sudden. You've got to spread your money out. Because it could be more than one position that gets affected. Like FTT token and like soul. You know, Solana holders took a bath this week. And I even just got word this morning that one of their big metaverse projects, Star Atlas, might have gotten all their funds zapped too. Who knows what's going to happen to that. But I, let me say one thing about Solana real quick before we leave. I am putting this on my radar and like deep, deep, deep on my radar. Like don't even look at this for maybe a year or two. Um, but this thing might drop too much all right keep in mind there is still a big community there and solana still has a lot of things especially on the nft and metaverse side that a lot of people really love you know there are things there now there's a lot of stuff on the negative side too but over time under the right management those negative things can slowly go away leaving you with a high ratio of positives to negatives. This can still happen. And if you consider what Solana already has, you know, at the right price, that could be worth something. So don't get too cute and try to buy this thing on a dead cat bounce or anything like that. But just might be something to put on your radar for a super deep cut, you know, down the road. You know, at no point in time should it have ever gotten to the levels it did price-wise. That was mostly just FTX and all the VCs trying to prop the price up and to make sure it didn't fall too low. But, you know, if this thing starts falling into the single digits again, I'm going to start looking at it a bit more closely. Uh, But that's all I got, Contrarians. If this week has taught us anything, it is to make sure... Our investments are spread out as much as we can, and to make sure we are taking every safety precaution possible. And spreading yourself out is one of those precautions, probably the biggest one. Uh, But as the old saying goes, in China, the word for crisis and the word for opportunity is the same word. So stay safe, but stay frosty at the same time. Uh, Because remember, you know, we still have to take a step back sometimes and get out of our little bubble and, and realize that most people buy things on the way up. We buy things on the way down. And because we are in the minority there, this is perceived as crazy. But if crypto and if the blockchain is the future of money and technology, which many of us believe it is, we will not be remembered as crazy. We will be remembered as very early.